Thank you, Brother Peter. What a blessing that is that God loves us all, and uh, he loved us while we were yet sinners. Psalm uh, 23 tonight, Psalm 23, and if you would, turn your Bibles there. Hopefully, you grab one of the outlines on the way in, and uh, getting back into our series on Sunday evenings, and uh, we're, we're really going to take, as I mentioned this morning, kind of a, not necessarily sometimes on Sunday nights, even a verse at a time, but this psalm is just a few verses, but I love Psalm 23. It means so much, not only to me, but, but so many people that have found great comfort in this verse. And I want you to look at w- with me tonight, and let's read it together, verse number one, all right? Everybody there, Psalm 23 and verse number one. All right, here we go. The Lord is my shepherd. Okay, everybody there, you know the verse, all right? Here we go, verse number one, let's try it again. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And Lord, let's ask the Lord to bless tonight. Lord, thank you again. Lord, it is a wonder that you love us, as Brother Peter said, and that you are our shepherd. Lord, tonight as we really get into Psalm 23, and Lord, we take a look at how wonderful you are to us, what you mean to us. And God, I pray that you'd bless our time and your word tonight. And Lord, again, may we realize how very blessed we are. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Psalm 23, and I've entitled it just as the verse says, the Lord is my shepherd. I love many of the names or titles of God in the word of God. This would be another one of those. We also would see him identified as Jehovah Rohi. Jehovah-Rohi is the Lord is my shepherd. Another word that is synonymous with shepherd in the Bible is the word pastor. So the Lord is my pastor. And that's why many times as God has given me the wonderful privilege of pastoring this church, I am really, according to God's word, I'm the under shepherd. That he is really the shepherd. And we're going to expound upon that thought tonight. But I want you to think about this psalm with me and how, honestly, when it comes to even literature, there's not a more beautiful piece of literature than Psalm 23. I mean, it is a wonderful masterpiece. Of course, uh, the Word of God is, is so very special to us. This particular psalm has calmed many, many thousands of hearts over the years. People going through very troubled times Read these words, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In this particular thought tonight, the Lord is my shepherd, you know when you study the Bible, there are words like sheep, shepherd, and the word lamb. These three words are used over a thousand times in the Bible. I know a lot of times we don't like to think of it, but being sheep, and that's what the Bible identifies us, we really don't have a whole lot to, be, to brag about when it comes to, to being a sheep, but being one of the Lord's sheep, being a part of his flock, is something very wonderful. I'm glad that there are many ways we're identified, and again, this is one of those that we are a part of his flock. As you study even just the, the animal, the sheep, they are defenseless, and they are animals that are dependent. Uh, I, we a lot of times don't want to 
admit it, but we are very dependent. You saw Brother Peter come up here tonight, and Brother Peter is very self-sufficient. A lot of people don't even realize, but Brother Peter actually cooks. And, uh, and he cooks without help. I mean, I, I, I'd burn the house down if I couldn't see what I was doing. Somehow, Brother Peter's able to do that. But if you notice, just getting up on the platform with the steps and navigating around, Brother Peter is dependent many times on other people. And listen, the same is true for us. Uh, many times our pride gets in the way, but we are dependent. God has created us to be that which is dependent upon him. That was the problem with the nation of Israel in the Old Testament was they really were acknowledging by their actions, God, we don't need you. But the truth was, it was just the opposite. Not only Israel, but all of us as sheep, we need the Lord. We need to acknowledge how much we need God in our lives. And these sheep that we think about tonight, that there's nothing brave about a sheep. There's nothing courageous about a sheep. Sheep are not noble. They're not majestic. They're not grand. They're, they're not glorious. But when you look at the Bible, what does it say? It says we are all sheep. And I think of this picture here, and we may not see uh, being a sheep herder exactly like you would see it during the Bible time, but you see the picture there of how, how the, the shepherd would bring the sheep in through the sheep gate. And how he cares for them. We're going to cover some of that in this in these a couple of Sunday nights about how that God says we are all sheep. Now, here's the thing about it is just like sheep differ, we as sheep, some sheep are saved, and some sheep are lost. Look what Isaiah writes in Isaiah 53, probably one of the more popular chapters in the Old Testament. The Bible describing Jesus here, but notice. The Bible says he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded. For our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, aren't you glad for the blood of Jesus? We're healed, spiritually healed because of what the Lord did for us. And notice after this very descriptive uh, description here of the Lord in Isaiah 53, notice the next verse, he says, all we, like sheep, what have we done? We have gone astray. He says here, we have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Where would we be without Jesus? I mean, you see this, this beautiful picture here, how it, it, it is really helping us understand that that is our nature, to deviate, to get off course. I, re, I read this illustration, true illustration. Maybe you remember back in 1983, there was a Korean air flight, flight number 007. It departed from Anchorage, 
Alaska on a direct flight to Seoul, Korea. Unbeknown to the pilot and the crew, the computer engaging the flight navigation system contained a one and a half degree routing error. Upon departing from the airport there, the mistake was unnoticeable. 100 miles out, the deviation was still so small as to be undetectable. But as the giant 747 continued on its journey over the Pacific, the error was picked up by Soviet radar. Jets were scrambled and over mainland Russia, hundreds of miles off course, flight number 007 was shot out of the sky and all that were aboard were lost. You can see that picture there, how far off. Now it's hard for us to tell on something that's so small, but that, that, that represents many hundreds of miles. You see, in our lives, God is our shepherd. God is trying to lead us. But all we like sheep, just like this flight, we've gone astray. We've got off course. It might start as a small deviation, but it isn't long before we've missed one week of church. We've missed a month of church. We've missed our Bible reading and our devotional time. We've missed our prayer time with God. Folks, understand that the Bible is true when it says about our nature that we have all gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. This flight, a small error made at the departure point, it resulted in a tragic path and a destructive finish. And some might say tonight, and I've talked to some people like this, they might say to themselves, well, I don't need Jesus because I'm a good person. There's a lot of people that believe that there are good. What, what does the Bible say? There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none good. All of us, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death just like that flight 007. You see, if we think that our way is the best way, then can I tell you, if that's your thought process tonight, then you certainly need Jesus. You need a shepherd. Your way, even if it is a good way at its best, according to the Word of God, it still leads to a, a path of death and destruction, separation from God. We are lost sheep and we need a shepherd, someone that loves us, somebody that cares for us. And you see this picture tonight on the screen. And I think of Luke 15 and how Jesus, of course, among many of his parabolic teachings, he, he gives a, a parable of a man that had a hundred sheep. Remember the parable? And the Bible says that uh, he, of these hundred sheep, that one of them was lost. Ninety-nine of those sheep were saved but one was lost. And the Bible says that he, notice here in Luke 15, 4, what man of you having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. You know, when I read that verse many years ago, here's what I thought personally. And I think this is, is fairly accurate in my opinion is that I really believe that if I was the only lost person in the world, 
that Jesus still would have left heaven and came to this earth to die for me. He's a personal God. The Bible says that he left the 99 in the wilderness and went after that which was lost until he find it. You know, you and I, we are that lost sheep. And when I look at this passage, I understand that, yes, we are that lost sheep, but Jesus is the shepherd. And the Lord, as the shepherd, his heart is deeply moved when it comes to people. Look at the Bible says in Mark 6, verse 30. The apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat, and they departed into a desert place by ship privately. And the people saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot thither out of all the cities, and outwent them, and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, I mean, here they are. He's trying not only himself, but his disciples to just try to get a little rest, try to get a little breather, because everywhere Jesus went, people wanted something from him. Jesus said, look, it's good for us to, to get away. And the Bible says that the people so desired, now some of them just wanted him to perform a miracle, and some of them maybe wanted to see a miracle, and yet some were very inquisitive. And the Bible says that the people on foot, they they outran them, they outwent them, they came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, he saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep having, notice here, not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. You see, the Lord, he loves us, he cares about us, and as the shepherd, notice that it bothers him when one of his sheep wander around without guidance. That's why he's given us his word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto our path. God's given us his word to give us direction in life. And listen, Jesus, he's moved. His heart hurt because he saw these people as sheep without a shepherd. And when the Lord is your shepherd, look, there is no need for us to worry when he is our shepherd. Look, the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Because he knows. He knows us. He knows what we need. Whatever it is that you're facing in life, he knows. The Lord is your shepherd, and you and I shall not want as his sheep, we can have absolute certainty and assurance that he knows our needs. Look, even before we pray and bring our petitions before him, he knows what we need in our lives. And sometime ago, somebody said, well, if God knows what we need, then why should we pray? Because God wants to hear us ask. Oftentimes, it, it's, it's God knowing that we are serious about something when we pray. Because many times without that, we see that God's heart, like Jesus here, is not touched. And, and listen, as his sheep, we have that assurance. He knows our needs, and so as 
we look at Psalm 23 beginning tonight, I want you to understand that tonight we're going to focus on not just Psalm 23, but we're actually going to look at the Psalm before it, Psalm 22, and then we're going to look at the Psalm after it, Psalm 24. Say, Pastor, I thought this was a study of Psalm 23. It is. But you have to, look, when you look at the Bible, you have to understand and view the Word of God in its context. I don't know if you've ever studied or if you realize, but Psalm 23, Psalm 24, and Psalm, uh, Psalm 22, 23, and 24 all go together. And I want you to look at this with me tonight because I really believe that the Holy Spirit placed these three Psalms together for a purpose. And the purpose behind that is to understand more about our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Look at the first thing I see in Psalm 22 tonight, is the Lord is my good shepherd. Let's say that tonight, the Lord is my good shepherd. That's what Psalm 22 is all about. He is our good shepherd. Uh, the Bible says here, if you look, Psalm 22, look at verse 14. And, and, and again, you can understand as you read these words that it, it is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, our good shepherd. He writes here, I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue cleaveth to my jaws. Thou hast brought me into the dust of death, for dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones, they look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. Does that remind you of anything? I could see Jesus, the Lamb of God, hanging on the cross. There at Calvary, Golgotha, with his arms stretched wide open. Of course, all the humiliation and the mocking and the beating and the scourging. And I see here this, this pouring out of his soul from the cross and how, 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 how the, the hatred of mankind. The Bible says in John chapter 1, that he came unto his own, and his own received him not. And here we see our good shepherd over in the New Testament. John expounds upon this thought that we see in Psalm 22. The Bible says in John 10.10, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. Jesus said, I am come that they may have light and that they may have it more abundantly. And then look at these words. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Jesus laid down his life. No one took it. Of his own free will, he, he voluntarily gave his life so that you and I, who were sinners, could have eternal life. When you look at Psalm 23, 
that, that psalm we're going to be studying on these Sunday evenings, it was actually, it was a thousand years old when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Many find great comfort as we look at Psalm 23, especially I, I find that when it comes to the end of life and, and people are struggling with something, they find great comfort in Psalm 23. But I'll tell you that we are reminded here in Psalm 22 when Christ came to this earth that Jesus came and yes, he bled and he died for our sins. The good shepherd. The good shepherd gave his life for us on the cross. He died to save us from the penalty of sin. Think about it. The Bible tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Whatever sin we commit, it is an indictment of the very nature of mankind. You think about how that uh, from the time we were born, that in sin we were conceived and we have sinned against God. And because of sin, we must pay. There's a penalty. You know the beginning of Romans 6, 23. Look at it. For the wages of sin is what? Death. A lot of times people may not understand that verse, but remember back in the book of Genesis when God created all things and then he, he created mankind and the, the man, Adam, he created Adam and then from Adam he, he took the rib and he created the woman and brought the woman unto the man. You remember how man sinned in the garden. They were told by God, you can have anything you want except for what's on the tree in the midst of the garden, and they disobeyed God. And because of that, we find the introduction of sin, sin entered into the world it's by one man, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned, the Bible tells us. I think about this, when Adam and Eve sinned, did they die when they sinned? No, physically they did not die, but spiritually they did. You see, death there was a separation from God. Remember what God did? God cast them forth out of the Garden of Eden. And because of our sin, our sins, our iniquities, have separated us from our God. That's why it's important for us to understand that we need to keep a short account with God. When there is something in our life that God would call sin, and we're, we're real good about calling things everything except for what it is. But when we sin, we need to make sure that we confess that sin. Get right with God. We find here that there is a penalty because of our sin. Sinful man, think about this, has no hope of going to heaven until something was done about our sin. That's where Jesus comes in, the good shepherd. You see, payment of our sin truly is death and hell. That is what we deserve. But can I tell you tonight, look, God knew that everyone, all of us would need a Savior. And he sent us a Savior and a great one. But aren't you glad when you look at Romans 6, 23, that the verse doesn't end with the wages of sin is death? Notice the last part of the verse. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, the good shepherd, he gave his life to pay 
for the penalty of our sin. That's what Psalm 22 is really all about. And so we see that the Lord is my good shepherd. Let's say that again tonight. The Lord is my good shepherd. I hope you understand. Every time you look at Psalm 22 and you read those words, you understand that he is your good shepherd. He gave his life for the penalty of your sin, my sin. But notice Psalm 23 tonight. This is the one we're going to focus on in the weeks to come. Not only is he identified in Psalm 22 as my good shepherd, but in Psalm 23, the Lord is my great shepherd. He is my great shepherd. Jesus lives, yes, to meet all of our needs, but notice he also lives to deliver us from the power of sin. See, he died on the cross to deliver us from the penalty of our sins. But as we live now, we understand that Jesus is living today to deliver us from the power of our sins. Sin is very powerful, folks. Notice what the Bible says in Hebrews 13, verse 20. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. How does he do that? Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. You see, listen, when I look at how, yes, we are forgiven from our sin, from the very penalty of sin, but notice that in our lives, just as Paul testified in Romans 7 and other places in the Bible, that listen, even though we're saved, we still have to face things in life and, and as, we, as we understand, sin can be something that we struggle with day in and day out. And that is what our great shepherd does. He helps to deliver us from the power of sin. The Bible says again in Hebrews 13 that, listen, he wants to make you perfect or mature in every good work to do his will. Working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. So what does the great shepherd do? Well, as we think about this, we understand that when Jesus died, he spent 40 days on this earth. As Jesus spent those 40 days, much of it was to, to reassure his believers, his followers, that he had risen. He showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. And then just as he said he would do, he ascended back to be with the Father. And where is our great shepherd today? He is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And what is he doing for us? He is making intercession for us. Folks, listen, no disrespect, but I'm not looking to Mary to make intercession for me. I'm looking to Jesus, the one that allowed himself to be crucified, the one who shed his blood, that gave his life for the sheep. He is making intercession for us. Jesus paid for all sin past sin, present sin, future sin at Calvary. And we who are saved, when we trust Christ as our Savior, you know what we do is we accept that Jesus paid the penalty of our sin. And he didn't just pay part of that penalty, he paid it in full. All to him I owe. And Jesus paid for our sin debt. He imputed his righteousness to our account. That, that, listen, 
our righteousness is as filthy rags, but when Jesus died for our sins and we accept him, his righteousness is placed on our account so that when God looks at us, he doesn't see us as a sinner. He sees us just as if we had never been a sinner. That's called justification. I'm glad for the imputation of Jesus Christ. And as our great shepherd, Jesus, listen now, he helps me. He helps you to deal with sin. He helps us when it comes to temptations in our lives, the temptation to, to sin on a daily basis. One of the men in the back asked me before church, Pastor, how have you done it since February, giving out Snicker bars and giving out candy here and there, and you're not eating any of it? It's not been easy. At times, I want to lick my fingers as I'm handing it out. At times, I want to sneak away and grab something. Miss Lynn told me she's got chocolate in seven places, eight places in her house. How, how in the world is she that thin having chocolate in eight places in her house? But I'm going to tell you something. Anybody else day by day struggle? I know, listen, all she have to do with my wife, her kryptonite is open a bag of Lay's potato chips. She can't eat just one. You know, listen, every day, every day there is some kind of temptation, something. By the way, the devil knows which buttons to push in our lives. He knows what to put in front of us. And listen, I'm glad for the great shepherd who helps us on a daily basis to deliver us from the power of sin. And life is a struggle. Look, when you see in the word of God, again, the apostle Paul in Romans chapter number seven, you know what he's describing there? He's talking about the flesh and the spirit. But when we study the word of God, we have those two natures. We have the old nature, the old man, and we have the new nature, the new man. And just because we're saved doesn't mean that we're not going to struggle from time to time. Look at Romans 7, 24. Here's what he writes, his testimony. Oh, wretched man. He said, you know what he's saying? I'm a mess. This is the Apostle Paul. Honestly, I believe with all my heart, probably the greatest Christian outside of Jesus that ever lived on this earth. And he says, what a mess I am. He says, who, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And he answers it. Notice, I thank God. He says, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You know how you want to, you know how you can handle that temptation? You know how you can have the power to say no to that snicker bar or whatever it may be in your life? Through the power of Jesus Christ. That's what we see about our great shepherd. You see, we act like helpless, defenseless sheep. That's because many times there are so many without a shepherd. That's why it bothered Jesus. His heart hurt. He was moved with compassion when he saw them without a shepherd. We have a great shepherd, and that great shepherd will help us to deal with the power of sin. He's helped us with the penalty of sin. He'll help us to deal with the power of sin. We can call on him. And listen, when we do call on him, you know what he will do? He's not going to stand there and say, figure it out on your own. No, when we call on him, he will come to our aid. He is a very present help in time of trouble. I love this about our great shepherd, how he will empower us in the hour of temptation. The great shepherd helps us to deal with the power of sin in our lives. See, we look, we can say tonight from Psalm 22, the Lord is 
my good shepherd. Let's say that. The Lord is my good shepherd. Psalm 23, the Lord is my great shepherd. Psalm 24, these three, this trilogy. Look at this. I see thirdly tonight, the Lord is my chief shepherd. He's not just our good shepherd that gave his life for the sheep. He's not just the the great shepherd that helps us to deal with the temptations and the power of sin. But notice tonight, he is our chief shepherd. He will deliver us, watch this, from the very presence of sin. See, someday, this life will soon be o'er. And I think about this matter, aren't you glad that there's not going to be any sin in heaven? Jesus, look, he is our victorious king. And as we sang tonight, and Brother Peter sang tonight, Jesus is coming again. I love the old hymn, marvelous message we bring, glorious carol we sing. Wonderful word of the king, Jesus is coming again. Coming again, coming again. Maybe morning, maybe noon, maybe evening, and maybe soon. Anybody want the soon part? Look at what he says here. He says, oh, what a wonderful day it will be. Jesus is coming, standing before him at last. Trial and trouble, it's all past. Crowns at his feet we will cast. Jesus is coming again. I mean, I I look at this psalm tonight, and I think about how the Lord is our chief shepherd. Look what the psalm says, Psalm 24, verse number 7. The Bible says, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye, uh, be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory, Selah. That word Selah there means, just think about that for a while. Meditate on that. Ponder that thought. The Lord is coming. How many believe the Lord's coming back? Hey, listen, I'm I'm thinking to myself, with all that's going on in the world, maybe morning, maybe noon, but I'm thinking it may be real soon. This world is is out of control. And I I love Psalm uh, 24 tonight because as we look at it, it helps us. Peter helps us. He writes in the New Testament, how you and I, that we need a shepherd, a shepherd of our souls. First Peter 2.25, the Bible says, you were sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of your souls. Later on in chapter 5, he writes, and when the chief shepherd shall appear. Hey, the Lord is coming back. Jesus said to his, his followers, he says, look, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. But he says, I will come again to receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. He is coming back again someday. And the Bible says that when he shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. When I think of these three psalms, Psalm 22, the Lord is my good shepherd. I love that psalm because it reminds me every time I read those words how Jesus saves us from the very penalty of sin, that he was the the, the one that laid his life down for our life, that he did all of this on the cross of Calvary. Psalm 23, the Lord is my 
great shepherd that he saves us from not only the penalty of sin, but from the power of sin. How he lives to make intercession for us with the Father. And then Psalm 24, how the Lord is my chief shepherd. That listen, one day he will save us from the very presence of sin. And I think about that, how Jesus is going to come again as the King of kings and Lord of lords. And the wonderful part is we will be with him. <laughs> I think of that, listen, in every way as sheep, his sheep. The truth tonight is this, that we are dependent, totally dependent upon him. See, he is a loving, gracious, and a good savior. And a wonderful shepherd in our lives, not, a, not one step of your life's journey, Everything that you will experience has escaped his loving guidance and his protective care. And as one of his sheep, can I tell you the best thing for you and the best thing for me? As one of his sheep, stay as close to the shepherd as you can. There's safety with the shepherd. Would you bow your heads with me tonight? Lord, thank you. I thank you really for helping us as we get to Psalm 24.